You're listening to Healthy AF Podcast, discussing all things strength, nutrition, and performance. We help people improve performance, reduce injury, and move better. And now, here are your hosts, Dave Howington and Corey Lehman. What's up, everybody? We are back with another episode of Healthy AF, the podcast about all things sports, performance, nutrition, health, all that good stuff. Right, Dave? Absolutely. And we're coming at you recorded from the Health Performance Institute in Highland Park. Although it would be kind of cool if we actually did like a live studio audience show sometime. Maybe in the future. Yeah, that would be great. Like we get live laughs and people kind of chuckle at us, make us feel good. Yeah, even if they're laughing at us, we just pretend that they're laughing with us. So we're going to jump in today and talk about something um, that we both feel is very, very important when it comes to exercise and fitness and developing a training program, and that is the assessment process or the assessment protocol that goes into a training program. And essentially, an assessment is kind of like a prerequisite or an overview that is used to identify strengths, weaknesses, areas that individuals really need to focus on. Absolutely. And I'm excited to be doing this after talking about movement patterns, after talking about corrective exercise, because this is really the next step towards, you know, just having a more comprehensive fitness and health plan. Um, So everybody has their goals and we've talked about goals briefly and everybody kind of has an idea where they want to be. You know, they have that point B, but then this is where the assessment comes in. You give you, you get the point A and you know where you're starting. You know, it's you can't draw a map if you don't have both. And so this is where we're going to help out. Yeah, this is especially pertinent coming off our last three episodes of the six major movement patterns. Because, for example, if you go through an assessment and during that assessment, the trainer or the healthcare professional has you do a squat and you have significant pinching and pain in your hip, that might mean that you need to hold off on squats for a while, or maybe you need to see a physical therapist or a physician. The assessment can show us so much about what an individual should and shouldn't be doing. As much as we want to uniformly tell people, hey, these are the things you should do. Yes, you should do these six movement patterns. The six movement patterns really apply to healthy individuals that don't have any outstanding orthopedic issues. But as soon as we start to assess, we realize, although we won't throw those movement patterns to the side, they might have to be tweaked. They might have to be manipulated in a certain way that is unique to the individual. Absolutely. And I think that's an important note is the idea of tweaking and manipulating the movement patterns. Uh, To Corey's point is, you know, the movement patterns don't necessarily have to get thrown out. We don't want to throw out the baby with the bathwater or anything. But, you know, there's certain ways that are going to be, movement patterns are going to be executed depending upon the individual. Uh, For instance, I've worked with people where they're going to squat and they do better if I elevate their heels based on what the assessment shows. And I would not be able to know that if I didn't actually perform the assessment on that client. Um, Or, you know, maybe they can't do a full range of motion with their hip hinge. And so we elevate the bar from which they're picking it up. And so, again, I would not necessarily know this if I didn't perform an initial assessment to understand where the individual is coming from. So let's give just a few practical examples of what this looks like. And and I'll start, you know, one of the main things that we'll have people do is just a standard squat. We want to see, do you have the ability to squat down? And the squat really shows us a lot about an individual's capability to move and move well. Because if you think about it, you have to have the ability, if we start from the bottom, you have to have the ability to stabilize your feet, 
to have decent range of motion at your ankles, to bend your knees, to bend your hips, to create stability at your core, to keep your chest upright. There's so many things that healthcare professionals can see as a person goes throughout that squat that really reveal where are their deficiencies, where are their compensations. And just by having someone qualified look at you do a squat, that can help dictate a lot of components of your program. Absolutely. And, you know, along with that, it's going to help with the coaching. Again, how are we going to execute the squat when we actually incorporate it into the program? Or are we going to, you know, possibly not have the squat in the program for a time while we work on other issues that might be limiting your performance of this movement? So let's take this a step further, Dave. Let's say people are at home and they are taking themselves maybe through a self-assessment in the mirror and they go to squat down and let's say that they can't get their thighs parallel to the ground. What could be some limiting factors that might be keeping them from getting more depth? I mean, as with anything, this isn't going to be a perfect assessment over the air um, without actually, you know, seeing the individual squat, but there's several things that could be limiting uh, one of them is just ankle mobility. If an individual doesn't have good foot stability or ankle mobility, they're not going to be able to get very low in the squat in the first place. Um, along with that, you can see maybe they don't have good core control. Um, maybe they don't have good hip mobility to let them get deeper. So those are three major issues that I typically see when it comes to an ability to squat deep. Um, To that point, if you are doing a squat on your own, a great measure of just how well you squat is just simply looking at how easy does it feel to perform the squat. And that's going to change a lot of things. If it feels really easy to get low, but your form's not perfect, that gives you some more insight into what might be the issue as opposed to maybe it's not easy at all to perform the squat or maybe you feel pain when you perform the squat. Yeah, great points. And another good example would be taking yourself through a push-up test. So oftentimes we'll have people lay on the ground on their stomach and we'll have them get in almost like a push-up position, but with their hands slightly farther towards their head and we'll have them perform a push-up. And what this does is it creates a long lever between their hands and their feet. And we'll watch them do this push-up. And really what we're assessing is, are they able to create core stability or do they kind of come up upper body first and then lower body because their core is not engaged? There's a lot of things that we can see as they go throughout this movement. We can also see what's their shoulder function like. Do they have pain with it? Do they excessively arch their back, which again, a lot of times is another sign that they're not properly engaging their core. These are two really simple, just the squat and a push-up. just assessing these things are two simple ways that we can really help identify what are those weaknesses and then program to help correct those things. Absolutely. And I think the other thing to point out is these are tests that we've tried to provide that you can that you can do on your own. Now, you might not necessarily be able to see everything we see, but again, similar to a squat, you know, judge the put you can, when you do a push up on your own, judge how easy does it feel to actually push up, you know, or um, how do you feel any pain when you perform the push up? That kind of those kind of aspects are things that you can judge by yourself. Um, And when I say pain, I think it's important to note, you know, pain or discomfort. Yeah, and there's obviously more specific tests that we do. For example, we have some overhead reaching tests that we can put individuals through where we can identify, is it safe for them to do those vertical pressing movements that we talked about the other week? 
by doing the assessment, we can know where they're at and work to either improve or maintain the current range that they have at a specific joint. So by now you're probably wondering why we're even talking about assessments in the first place. And I think it's important to note that on any health or fitness, for lack of a better term, journey, you know, a lot of us know where we want to be. We know our goals. We have goals in mind. And we've talked about, you know, the idea of smart goals and everything. So I'm not going to belabor that point. But the assessment then tells us where that person is starting at. So, I mean, even just stepping on a scale and seeing your weight can be an assessment of sorts. Um, so, again, we want to know where we're starting at so then we can draw a better roadmap to get you to where you want to be. I really love that because there's so many tools you can use to assess. It's not just movement, right? Although a lot of times we might specifically talk about movement. But, you know, I talk to individuals that work out here and we have a in-body body composition scanner. And what it does is it can show you your overall makeup uh, muscle mass compared to fat massing and tell your body fat percentage. Well, that is a huge indicator and assessment for overall health and fitness and something that should be tracked. Now, Dave, you and I both have clients, they come in and say like, well, I don't necessarily care about the number on the scale or I just want to work out and just have fun. And look, that's an assessment in itself too. Like your overall feelings of satisfaction, you know, with your workout and your exercise plan, like rated on a scale of one to 10. But I think the important thing that we're really after is track it, right? Have a standard and a process for, all right, how was my body composition trending? Is my body fat percentage where I want it to be? Is it improving? Is it is it um, getting worse? How is my mobility? How do I track my mobility and flexibility? How do I have a systematic approach to make sure that these things or the exercises that I'm prescribing are actually working? Absolutely. I think there is a lot of importance in the idea of just what gets measured gets managed and what gets managed gets improved. And I think a lot of times we can sometimes miss that. And this goes back to our first episode of are you training or are you just working out? You know, if you're just working out, there's a good chance that you're not actually measuring anything. Um, and you're not actually moving towards anything. Whereas if you're training, you have a goal in mind and you're measuring something along the way that's going to indicate whether or not you're moving closer to that goal. Uh, for instance, do you want to get stronger? Then it's usually a good idea to make sure that, you know, the weight that you're using is gained heavier. Um, do you want to lose weight? Well, then it's a good idea to use as a tool like an in-body or body fat composition or even just a scale just to make sure that you're trending in the right direction. And I think that's the other thing too is the idea of going in the right direction is never going to be a perfect straight line. Um, I think sometimes we get hung up on the idea that we just want to continue to lose weight or we want to continue to gain strength when in all actuality, a lot of times what's going to happen is it's going to be, you know, we gain strength for a time and then all of a sudden we lose a little bit of strength and then we start gaining strength again. Or we lose weight for a time and all of a sudden we stop losing weight and then we keep losing weight again. And it's never a perfectly straight line. It's always going to be a little cattywampus and everything like that. There's a word of the day for you. But I think the importance is just understanding that, you know, measuring is going to help you make sure that you're constantly trying to go in the right direction. We really break down assessments, I would say, into three main categories. 
You've got your assessment of sort of the intangibles, right? How do I look? How do I feel? Some of these things that maybe aren't measured as easily, but it's more based on perception and opinion. And then we really like to use like a standardized process for assessing movement and creating a baseline. So we want to see how you move at individual joints. We also want to encourage people to know um, and get assessed on how they move in their compound movement patterns or some of those six major movement patterns that we talked about. And then lastly, we also like to figure out appropriate assessments for performance. So if that's an athlete putting an assessment together that measures lower body power or speed or agility, if that's an adult that is looking to um, take their body fat percentage down, that's regular body composition scans. Absolutely. And I think, you know, with adults too, could even be, you know, trying to get stronger, gain muscle mass again with the muscle mass that comes back to body composition scans. Um, the other key with assessments is just doing so on a regular basis. Um, if you wait too long between assessments, then you're not really sure what's working, what's not working. Um, whereas if you do it on a regular basis, you can always tweak and just play around with things just to finagle, just to make sure that, again, you're continually going in the right direction. I think our one word of caution would be that neglecting specifically the movement assessment is the one that probably presents the most danger. You know, when we look at performance metrics or, you know, is your weight going up and down or are you gaining muscle? At the end of the day, you know, not tracking that probably doesn't put you at risk physically. Um, maybe, <laughs> maybe emotionally you get discouraged, but I think it's important to differentiate that failing to assess movement and specifically like identify these areas that are at risk for injury could lead to um, significant problems if not identified on the front end. Yeah, absolutely. I think one thing to point out is when we talk about assessments, every workout is an assessment, right? So when it comes to like strength and muscle and body comp, you can do that all the time. But as Corey pointed out, when we look at movement at the front end, it really does help give us insight into just what exactly are going to be the most appropriate exercises for an individual to perform. And that is going to give us more information, especially initially at the beginning of the program. And then as we go along, we can then fine tune the process and just see, okay, now what are other assessments that are going to help us along that journey? But I think it is absolutely important to look at movement and then even to understanding if there's any prior injury, because um, that's going to even tell us more than just the movement. Because if someone has gotten hurt in an area before, there's a good chance that they're more likely, more susceptible to injury in that area again. And so that's all stuff that we consider, and that's all stuff that we need to consider as we structure a program and as we focus on the individual differences. So if we're being completely honest, an assessment really should be done by a professional in the field of health and fitness. Yes, you can do some things on your own. You can self-monitor some things in the realm of a movement assessment. And I realize that not all of you have readily available access to a movement assessment. So we've thought of an idea for you and what we're offering to you free of charge, if you want, email healthyafpodcast, all one word, healthyafpodcast at gmail.com. Just email us move better in the subject line 
and we will schedule you for a free consultation here at our Highland Park facility where we will take you through a complete movement assessment, let you know where your strengths and weaknesses are. If you are not in the area, we are actually in the process of building out an online program to support you and we would be happy to show you how to perform the assessment from home taking videos of things that we want to see and our team of professionals will review it and get back to you and give you a full rundown of your personal assessment again that would not be any charge because really we think this is such an important thing that everybody should have access to this and so that's why we're making it free because we want people to move better we want people to live better we want people to perform better so there you have it you have no excuses not to get an assessment to start getting a baseline and tracking data please reach out again healthy af podcast at gmail.com until next time guys stay healthy af Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Healthy AF Podcast, where we help athletes and adults move, perform, and live better. If you're not subscribed already, be sure to go ahead and click that button right now. And if you found value in this episode, we'd love if you would do us a quick favor and rate and review the podcast. We'll see you on the next show.